Welcome to Wrestling News Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC, and we are back. I know you've been wondering where we've been. It's been a month. We got a lot to cover in between then and now since the Royal Rumble. We're going to get into Shane McMahon returning to Monday Night Raw, the change in Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania opponent, and the WWE product apparently getting a little bit more edgier. We got that and so much more to get into today, so stay tuned. We want to thank everybody listening on Max Sports Channels and Power Station FM. If you're online, catch us at wrestlingoonsradio.blogspot.com. Check out all of our social media and download us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just type Wrestling Goons Radio and give us a like and review and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. Today I got a full panel with me. Mark Kitts, Dan Tanner, and Brian Compton. My name is Anthony Hammett and we're going to hop right into this. As we alluded to at the beginning, Shane McMahon came back on Monday Night Raw. Vince McMahon gave the Vincent J. McMahon Lifetime Achievement Award to his daughter, Stephanie, and Shane interrupted the party. It turns out that Vince made some bad business decisions in between then and now that Stephanie didn't know about. Shane bailed him out, and Shane wants the company back. He can get it back with a match at WrestleMania when he has to face the Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. I'll start with Mark. Mark, what was your reaction Monday night when Shane McMahon came out? Um, I was literally slid back in the chair and started dancing. Although I will say that out of everyone that they were rumoring, I was not expecting Shane McMahon, but it was the best return I think we've seen in quite a long time. I can't disagree with that. Dan, what was your thoughts? My initial thoughts was, this is awesome. I had goosebumps. I couldn't believe it at first, but when I seen Shane, I was like, oh man, things about to change. Uh, The whole award thing was just garbage you know i can't trust anything that wwe awards anybody or name it after someone it's just bull crap but um the initial you know my initial reaction like i said before was just this is awesome and um i hope that we see shane maybe we won't see more of him but who knows and last but not least brian shane mcmahon back good or bad no question definitely good probably the best return other than you know the wrestling goons returning here tonight smooth nice thanks and, was, uh, go ahead oh no i actually finished the i was just gonna say it was it was definitely refreshing seeing him on tv it's been so long and gonna add he looks pretty damn good too for his age and i know he's been training hard here recently but definitely like everybody said goosebumps Turned back into a little kid again back when Monday Night Wars were on and he was on there on the regular basis. So it's definitely nice to see him back on TV. I've worked out hard. I called this actually. I saw it in the moment that Stephanie was getting her award. I was like, oh my God, Shane's going to ruin this. And he did, and I was glad to see it. Now, this also kind of puts the end, the speculation that John Cena is coming back in time to wrestle The Undertaker. I have heard that maybe Shane can get out of this match and Cena represent him, but I also don't think that's a possibility. 
I'll start with Mark. What are your thoughts on John Cena WrestleMania? Will he be there or not? Okay, first I just wanted to say that, Dan, it was a great award, and it went to the person that deserved it the most because Stephanie is a legacy, and she's been here the whole time. But as far as John Cena, I've heard also that even if he does get back in shape in time, that they're still going with Shane versus Taker, and I think that that's the way it should be, Shane versus Taker. Vince's number one person that stuck with him throughout the entire lifespan versus Shane. They have history together with the American Badass and Shane, so go for it. I think it would be much better match than what people might think. Dan, do you, are you okay with no John Cena at WrestleMania? And do you think that the WWE has backed himself into a corner here with The Undertaker having to work heel on the side of Vince McMahon? All right, so I don't care for John Cena. It's no secret. However, it is going to be kind of funny to not see John Cena in the WrestleMania match. If he does happen to come to WrestleMania or, you know, come back to WrestleMania, I don't want him to take the place of Shane McMahon. And The Undertaker, it's like one of those sort of situation he may lose, really, but then there's a situation where he may win. Either way it goes, I just hope Shane and Undertaker win, uh, go against each other because I want to see Shane beat the crap out of Undertaker on the announce table, lay him out, climb up that cage, wave to his family, says, hey, oh God. It's, been, it's been good, and do a suicide dive. Just see you later. Adios. <laughs> right. It's not 1998 anymore, man. He's, he's going to kill himself all for our entertainment, and I'm going to enjoy it. Oh, jeez. Brian, do you think that The Undertaker is going to be healed like I do at WrestleMania? And your thoughts on John Cena not being there? I think it's going to be a difficult, or they're going to have a difficult time making him heal because so many people respect him and are looking forward to seeing him at WrestleMania. The only thing I could think they would do is have actually Vince McMahon out there and interfere with the match somehow. That would give The Undertaker some heat, have The Undertaker actually benefit from his uh, interference. I'm with Dan. The moment I heard Hell in a Cell, like I honestly wanted to hate the match at first when I heard Shane versus Undertaker. But as soon as I heard Hell in a Cell, all I could picture was Shane jumping off of it somehow. Either being thrown by Undertaker or doing an elbow off the top. Shane has to win this match, but that's not how, guys. That's not, not going to be how it happens. If it does, then I will gladly say I'm sorry, and then I will go ahead and send money on GoFundMe for Shane's rehabilitation services. Because I don't think that he will survive that. Uh, I think there's going to have to be outside in Arizona to meet the Undertaker, and then that kind of makes Shane the heel coming off of WrestleMania. It would almost be like they flip look, and you would still have a heel authority figure. And I just don't know how I feel about that. It has to be a brutal match. Like, come on. We, we have to see some sort of dives and flips and maybe a few blood drops here and there. It, something has to happen. You can't do brutal inside the cage? Take it outside? Come on. Come on. The best matches that you know, happens uh, in the Hell in a Cell are when it's outside. Right. And honestly, how many Hell in a Cell matches have actually stayed inside? 
Exactly. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. We're going to move on out of somebody that we thought was going to be gone forever. And apparently Vincent Man has changed his mind on that. Daniel Bryan has been added to the UK tour in April following WrestleMania. Don't think he'll have anything to do with WrestleMania. But Vince has wanted him rumored to be back on camera. If this happens, Brian, will he be a GM? Will he be a brand manager? What can Daniel Bryan possibly do on television? The only fitting role for him would be Raw GM. Because, let's face it, people would tune in just because he's on. They would tune in to see what matches he's going to make and what's going to happen. I mean, that's... That's a no-brainer. Daniel Bryan is money. Dan, do you agree? Daniel Bryan can be money. Um, as far as his role, you say he's going to be on the UK tour. They might have him as some sort of ambassador or just a GM just for that tour, but nothing really on camera, I don't think. And the only reason why they're doing it is because, one, Ric Flair, they can't get him because he's managing Charlotte and he's always drunk. Two, Hulk Hogan, he's not around, and you know you already know what happened with him. So yeah, makes sense to me. Burke, what is your thoughts on Daniel Bryan possibly coming back on camera? Well, I mean, the UK tour, he's probably just going to stick by Breeze side, or like Dan said, he's just going to be an ambassador. And uh, I did hear that they're actually having a Daniel Bryan appreciation night, one of those nights over in the UK tour. So I mean, there's that. But as far as being back on camera, I think maybe after Mania, if Shane does win, then he'll just make Daniel Bryan the Raw GM, and then Shane can go off screen for a while again and then come back sporadically later on. Or he can help Bree versus Charlotte maybe again later on down the road, and they could have father, daughter, and husband and wife in corners. I don't know. I think Raw GM would be a great fit, though, because it does put him back on camera. And he is great with the crowd. He gets the crowd reaction. He gets ratings, as we've seen. It's the second highest rated Raw in this year so far. So he's just best for business. I got to agree. I don't know what role he would be in, whether it means he ever, whether it be assisting Bree, which I think would be the best thing for Bree's career by far. But no matter what it happens, I think we all agree that Daniel Bryan on camera is best for business, and Vince finally thinks that too. It's a shame you didn't see that while Daniel Bryan was an active competitor all those years, but whatever. We're going to move on now to what I'm kind of disappointed about, but I might be just being a little bit sour. Y2J and AJ Styles, after their long feud they had, have apparently decided that they need to be a team together. Y2AJ is the new team name. This is going to be, obviously, AJ not having a single career for right now. Brian, what was your thoughts when they announced this team on Monday? Do you think it would work, and is it best for AJ right now? I'm, I'm okay with this, because it would give him a title right off the bat. I mean, considering they win. And you got to think the promos between New Day and Y2J will be pretty good. It's going to help AJ because AJ is going to have a mouthpiece beside him other than himself, which you and I both agree, Anthony, that he needs. Amen, yeah. 
So it'll help him get over with the crowd even more in terms of his promos. Maybe actually will teach him a little bit more. Something that Roman didn't learn. And then maybe, who knows, they'll split up and he can go for the IC title. Mark, I think you're a fan of Y2AJ, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a great way to get him on camera and to hide what he does wrong with having the mouthpiece and just showing off what he does. It's classic Paul Heyman booking. Hide their flaws and exuberate their what they do well in the ring. And, yes, it gets him an intercontinental title or whatever the U.S. title that he might have gotten. It allows it to actually be slowly booked, and he can have his first title be the tag team. It makes Jericho a six-time with six different people. It's another story that they can tell. And then the split-up between them is going to lead to another match, and then they can move on from there. Dan, are you kind of going to be on my side here? Do you agree with Brian and Mark that they're okay with the team? I felt like AJ maybe needed to go out on his own to begin with. I'm on the fence of I really don't care about them, really. Um, maybe it, maybe AJ does need to uh, be on his own a bit. But at the same time, maybe Y2J is kind of like grooming him, you know, in a way to, you know, start off because you really don't want to put him out there. And then he ends up being a disappointment and all the fans start crying about, oh, they're burying AJ and all this other stuff. So, you know, you don't take your time with AJ. And I think Chris Jericho is the best person to uh, put him with, to groom him, I, I guess. I guess what I don't like most about it is the storytelling, how they had this huge rivalry where Jericho is constantly telling him, you're not good enough to be here. You gotta prove yourself to me, kid, blah, blah, blah. And AJ beats him in the squash match, or the bullaway match, and the very next night, they're buddies. And I, I just don't understand the logic of it. Any final he thoughts? His, Go he ahead. His respect. Uh, it was all about a respect thing. And even AJ, or Chris Jericho said that AJ is phenomenal. So he got over with Chris Jericho, now Chris's is best buddies with him. That's the and, same guy that walked off from the shield. What does he know about respect? So, like, my question is, if you want AJ to be on his own or whatever, who do you put him up against? I was going to go Kevin Owens, and I know that that's bad, you know, fantasy booking, but I don't think that AJ losing at Mania would have hurt and then Kevin Owens. And his second feud, or he's just been a... I mean, he, he just got there, I mean... You look for the Intercontinental it, Champion, that says a lot. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to have... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Owens lately, but I don't want to see him in a match with AJ at WrestleMania if he's going to lose the title. That's just me. Well, right now you're going to get Kevin Owens in Big Show, so I hope that's a great consolation for you. And that's going to be on the pre-show, or it's going to be a piss break. Oh, God. All right, we're going to move on to some match at WrestleMania that's probably going to entertain us way more. But it was another curveball. We thought we were going to get Brock Lesnar and the Wyatt family. We are not. After following Fastlane on Monday Night Raw about four hours before the show started, as Dean Ambrose pulls up in his car and walks around the front, Brock Lesnar is waiting to attack him, throw some knees that didn't make contact, and throw him through a shield that didn't make contact. And ever since then, it's just been an all-out brawl. We're going to get a no-holds-barred 
No holes barred street brawl between these two at WrestleMania. I'll start with Dan. Dan, what is your thoughts on Brock Lesnar and uh, Dean Ambrose? Are they going to steal the cards, so to speak? I think they are. I think this is good for Dean Ambrose mostly because they're pretty much grooming him to probably be the top guy. No, I shouldn't say top guy because it's kind of ridiculous to say someone's going to be a top guy. I think they're grooming him to be, you know, a champion, I guess, this year, maybe, maybe early next year, because he's been in some very, very big feuds, some important matches. And I think, you know, if he were to win this match, even if he were to lose, this still would set him off as being a top, you know, performer on the roster. And I feel like it's going to be a really, really brutal match. It's going to be a bloodbath, maybe. Who knows? I don't see how Dean Ambrose is going to uh, defeat Brock Lesnar, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to this. I don't think he will, but I think just the fact that he's going to fight him and hang him head on and going to get him over more. Mark, what are your thoughts on Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar? Um, I think that the storytelling has been phenomenal. Um, the crowd, even though that they love Dean Ambrose a lot more than probably any other person on the roster right now, it continues to get sympathy and it continues to get that crowd right behind them. And we probably won't get a 50-50 crowd champ between Brock and Dean. And that's pretty difficult to do against Brock. Even though he took down the streak, people still love him. So the match itself, I think the street fight, no holds barred, is the only way that they could have booked this because it's the only way that you can make it believable that Dean can possibly come out on top. Brad, I've said all along, I feel like they're giving Dean Ambrose the story that Roman Reigns needs because Dean is getting all the sympathy here. Do you think that Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar will steal the card and do you think I'm right about the Roman Reigns analogy? I don't think that it's going to steal the show. But as far as your theory on him and Roman Reigns should be reversed, I somewhat agree. I think they pretty much have the same storyline for the most part. You have Roman Reigns who always seems to come up second best to the authority. And then you have Dean who always seems to come up second best to Roman. So it's the same storyline, just Dean's not having a title at the end of it if he wins. In terms of the match, I agree that that's the only the only way that I could see Dean legitimately beating Brock Lesnar. But like Dan said, you know they're they're grooming him, so to speak, for bigger things. Because let's face it, Brock is not one of the most entertaining people in the ring, other than the fact that he beats the crap out of people and constant basis but if you can carry a no DQ match or street brawl with Brock Lesnar at Wrestlemania and draw money then that's going to say big things for you so it, it's good for Dean it sucks for Bray I wanted to see Bray versus Brock but I think I you're still going to get it you're actually going to get it at SummerSlam they're putting it off until then I, I mean that's it. that's fine but for storyline continuity unless Bray and the family interrupts the WrestleMania event, which would I, I would be okay with that. That would appease me. If they cause Brock to lose to Dean, 
due to interference, that's cool. I'm okay with that. It would be weird because he has such a checkered past with Dean, but whatever. I have a question. Why do we still care about the Wyatt family? Because we're hopeful that one day the WWE is going to get it right. Because every single week when you come out and see those cell phones in the air, it isn't just because you're getting along with the gimmick. We want the Wyatts to succeed. But how long have we been waiting? I understand that this whole storyline has to play out, but really, what's their storyline now? They don't have one right now. Down with the machine. When, when it when it comes when their time comes, and they get that right story, it's just gonna be like all downhill, and it's just it's gonna be amazing. What happens since we'll go ahead and learn into them? You are kind of great job on segue there. The Wyatt family lost to and the Team Giants at Fastlane, Ryback, Kane, and Big Show. And on the following Monday Night Raw, they had a rematch, and I'm thinking, oh, great, here we go again, Barry and the Wyatts. Ryback walks off and abandons his team, and apparently we're getting a Ryback hill turn yet again. Why did they do this at Fastlane, guys? Mark, I'll start with you. Because they didn't have that story. I don't think that they had planned that story until after Fastlane. Like, I, I don't really think... I think that the Wyatts, from what I've been hearing, were still going to interfere in the main event up until the main event started. So they didn't know what to do. But the Ryback heel turn, so to speak, I, I don't understand it. The man was just now getting over with the Feed Me More chance, and then he went and changed his gimmick, and or not his gimmick, but his character's costume to look more like Goldberg. So now that brought back the Goldberg chance. And even though he beat, he pretty much single-handedly beat the Wyatts at Fastlane, Monday Night Raw, the only reason that the three Giants lost was because of Ryback again. So even in a win, the Wyatts couldn't get their spotlight because Ryback had to steal it. And that's my whole problem with it. It wound up being all about Ryback. And if you're saying that the Wyatts were supposedly supposed to attack Brock Lesnar, why would you have them lose? Like, they just lost, and them meeting up Brock Lesnar means nothing to me. Dan, your thoughts? I don't care about the three Giants, to be honest with you. Um, the uh, I really don't care about Ryback's heel turn. However, I have a crazy, crazy, crazy prediction that maybe we might get Ryback against Goldberg at WrestleMania. Uh, no, uh, please don't. That'll I don't be think my... that's too crazy. I've heard it. Like, in the crowd keeps chanting Goldberg at him. They were actually chanting Gilbert, too, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> that, that will be my piss break. I understand. I and, but, but... But, all right, as far as the Wyatt family thing, the thing that pissed me off was that I thought they were going to go in the right direction a little bit after, what was it, uh, Royal Rumble, when they alluded to the whole fact that there was like the four dark horsemen or something like that. And I was like, okay, there's still light at the end of the tunnel, and they just killed that light. I have always been optimistic on the Wyatts, and I'm slowly, slowly just fading into the darkness. Brian, your thoughts on the Wyatt family? Were they booked properly at Fastlane? I hope you say no. Nope. Of course they weren't, but you know, when are they ever booked correctly? Really? 
I mean, we we all four will agree, most likely, that the Wyatt family don't need a win necessarily or gold to to get over with the crowd. They're already over. So the only logical thing to do at this point, and I think it's what they're doing, is they're going to give us Bray versus Ryback at WrestleMania. And the reason why, you have Bray who's getting over with the fans, who's always losing. He's getting beat by the quote-unquote good guys of the company, the old good guys of the company. So you turn one of those old good guys heel to make Bray turn face. You're saying any time that Bray needs a win, Fanny Ryback. I mean, anytime anybody needs a win or to look good, you feed him right back. Makes sense. We're going to move on to uh, something that's going to be a bit of a touching subject for Dan here, but the WWE on the day of Fastlane put CM Punk's profile back on WWE.com. This is a mix from the CM Punk chants have slowly started to die down. I do not understand this business logic. Dan, do you care to elaborate? So, CM Punk being on the WWE um, website, the alumni page, that was great. That was cool. And Cena, I guess, he posted a picture or Twitter, CM Punk's Twitter picture profile or whatever on his Instagram. So, you started thinking like, hey, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's a chance that CM Punk may come back soon. But then you realize he's still on the contract with UFC. He still has that back uh, surgery or whatever. And pretty much he's done with wrestling as of now. However, I do want him to come back, but I don't see him coming back probably until another five years or so. Brian, are you okay with the WWE stepping up in the dirt sheets and doing their own version of trolling? I mean... Anybody who really looks at the profile being put back up under the alumni section of their website and says, oh, my God, CM Punk's coming back, deserves what they get. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I mean, it's cool to think about. You might get all, you know, you might mark out a little bit, but that's, that's in theory. And so was Batista. I mean, Batista was up, too. The only but theory never coming back again after his shots for Titus O'Neil. The the only theory that I've read that made any sense was that he would come back not necessarily to you know be in action or compete, but to cost Undertaker the win to screw Vince. And then that would be around the time he should be returning to UFC. And that would put more heat on his return to UFC. But that would also mean that Dana White and Vince are in cahoots, which I already think they are anyway. So it's not too far-fetched, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Mark, is there any chance at all we see CM Punk in 2016 at WWE ring? Um, I wouldn't say anything is impossible in the world of wrestling. But to answer a few questions, CM Punk was actually put on the Superstars the first day. It wasn't the alumni page. And it was the day after John Cena tweeted that or Instagram pictured that. That's what had everyone kind of up in the air because he had been removed from the entire website before then. But 
Maybe if Cena's back in time for WrestleMania, maybe him and CM Punk maybe just square off in the ring, not as an actual match, but kind of a face-off. And I kind of like Brian's idea about him costing Taker because he's an outside guy and Shane is coming from the outside back in. But, I mean, that would be cool, but I don't see it happening. But uh, maybe just to show his face at WrestleMania to get a few more buys for Dana White, I wouldn't put it past him. He let Ronda Rousey come last year, so, I mean, why not a former wrestler coming to WrestleMania again? Speaking of outsider, guys, we are almost at that time. I've been waiting and you've been waiting. The Bullet Club is about to arrive in NXT along with Nakamura. I know that WWE has taken out a name thing for Bulletproof BC, so it looks like the Balor Club and Bullet Club will be combining their gimmicks, and Finn Balor will be getting his faction back, fingers crossed. I'll start with Brian. Brian, what do you think they're going to do once they invade NXT? Man, I'm too excited for this. I got goosebumps when you were talking about it. This is probably like the most excited I've been about wrestling in a while. And I'm really, really hoping that I'm, you know, fortunate enough to be able to see NXT take over in Dallas in April. So, well, actually, the end of March. So I'm really, really hoping that Doc Gallows and Machine Gun Anderson, they debut at Dallas and they call Samoa Joe the title or his title opportunity and they reform the Bullet Club. That's my theory as to what will happen. I'm hoping that's how it plays out. I know that they were supposed to be coming to NXT in March. I hope that they wait to debut them until at least Dallas. We do know that Nakamura will be debuting in Dallas. They're waiting on him for that, and he will be fighting Sami Zayn. I can't begin to tell you how excited I am for Nakamura debuting. He is by far my favorite overseas wrestler, and I'm just hoping they don't have him spit mist and have a guy send all the other hoopla that they usually do with Japanese wrestlers. Dan, are you excited for the Bullet Club and Nakamura debuting? Wow, did you just, like, try to reinvent Nakamura into the Great Muda or somebody? I'm worried that they're going to turn him into Kenzo Suzuki 2.0. I really am. Turn him into, they're going to turn him into Jerry. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. But, um, I mean, it's cool. But um, I guess the thing that I'm kind of, like, want to see a twist in is, like, hey, you know, AJ Styles was, like, you know, the leader of the Bullet Club over there before you left. Maybe we might see them clash a little bit. Who knows? I don't know. I'm yeah, just trying to create them. Let's just say he's not the original member, though. That would mean big. Yeah, maybe not, though. But it's like this. All right, so they come down there, you know, the Bullet Club forms, and it's like, doesn't it kind of, like, holds back Finn Balor for going up to the main roster just a little while longer? I think he was going to be held back anyway. Yeah, but it's like, how long does he have to be held back? And traditionally, once you lose... Finn, I don't think Finn wants to go anywhere, to be honest with you. But I want him to come on the main roster. Well, I know you do, but Finn's having the time of his life right now, and he's getting paid like he's on the main roster, so why would he want to leave that? Well, yeah, if you're and getting he, paid. Here's, here's the great thing about it, too. If the rumors are true that they're trying to bring back the brand extension... I mean, where do you think they're going to pull some of their superstars from to do that? 
how awesome would it be if the Bullet Club got to debut as a faction on the main roster as opposed to individual members debuting and then getting together once they're there? Yeah, it'd be awesome. I mean, that... Go ahead. It, but it'll only just be three of them, right? Uh, yeah, in the beginning, but I mean, you can expand. So, I mean, I hope they don't expand crazily because you already know how it is when you expand in a faction. Like the NWO, things get kind of crazy, and or better yet, they take the Nexus route. I feel, I feel like Triple H is going to be very protective of this group when and if they do debut on the main roster that's going to be like his brainchild i believe mark Nate, what are your thoughts on the bullet club man y'all keep calling it the bullet club it's the baylor club it's i think that they're going to do it completely separate of the bullet club it's bulletproof and possibly you know how we were talking about kenny omega and them talking about dueling it out with New Day and Kenny's been on social media. Maybe if they were going to go that route at all, WWE would require them to get physicals anyway, so they would probably show up on NXT first. So it'd, it'd be Bullet Club versus Baylor Club. That's actually uh, what I'm going to transition into right now is... We're going to hop to that topic before we get to the final one. Kenny Omega and the Bucks have been on a tear lately in promo land. They are calling out the New Day. They are wearing New Day t-shirts. They are chanting New Day chants. And they are saying they are the only trio tag team in the world and not the New Day. And they've issued a challenge. Mark, what is the likelihood that this ever happens? The only likelihood it would be if New Day went down to NXT to fight them for a night. Maybe New Day would interrupt Baylor Club versus Bullet Club, and we'd get the three-team standoff and the holy crap chance. Um, main roster, I, I don't see this happening ever. I unfortunately, I'm with Neil Brown. What do you think? Me, personally... At the rate the WWE is going now, I wouldn't put anything past anything at this point. And uh, New Japan has—they've worked with WWE in the past, so it's not that far-fetched of an idea. We have that cruiserweight tournament coming up, which is going to be picking a lot of talent from around the world. I don't know if any of it's going to be the Bullet Club, though. Dan, what are your thoughts on Kenny Omega issuing the challenge on the New Day? I think it would be a fun thing for wrestling fans of, you know, whether you're a fan of New Japan or you're a fan of WWE or whatever, I think it's great. I don't think Vince would sign off on it, personally. I do think it's a 10% chance because, I mean, we did get uh, Thunder Liger last year. So who knows? Like Mark said, maybe it's a one-night thing. I don't know. I, I hope we see it, but who knows? Again, to- that was only in NXT. He didn't get to come to the main roster. If anything gets worked out a deal, it will be with Triple H, who's been working with Evolve and every other independent promotion, not Vince. Okay, well, we can all agree, right, that NXT, for the most part, is shoveling shit, excuse my language, on the main roster anyway. 
So I mean, they have been for a long time. So so let's let's admit it. If it no. happened on NXT, okay. Well, Dan is a, an outsider. Dan hasn't, hasn't watched NXT this year. It's true. It's true. He hasn't. Nine ninety nine. But let's say it happens on NXT. Wouldn't we really prefer that to happen on NXT? Because let's face it, they would make the presentation much better anyway. Yeah, I mean, and, I, they got a debut in NXT anyway. They have to. Like, there's no, you can't just put them on the roster. And just to throw a couple of things out, WWE is returning to Japan soon. And hasn't Shane McMahon been working in Japan? I know, China, but China, yeah, eh, close enough. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just just trying to put these elusive pieces of this puzzle together and try and make my theory sound more logical than it probably actually is. We're gonna end the show here with uh, the thing that they're probably gonna end WrestleMania with, and the thing we ended Raw with this week. Roman Reigns got heavy blood on Monday. Apparently, Byron Saxon slipped him some capsules. And that's how we broke Kate Bam to not get blood, but really get blood. Uh, the problem with this was it was supposed to get Roman Reigns over. And a second chop and bloody fist later and the Roman Reigns little fist thing. And it feels to me like Triple H is the face. Brian, am I off on this? Do you think they'll be entirely missing the boat here? And it looks like a Titanic for me going to WrestleMania. I will disagree that Triple H is indeed not the face. He is the heel. Roman Reigns is the face. The face that everybody loves to hate. Triple H is the heel that everybody loves to cheer for. I mean, that's all it is to it. They respect the guy for NXT. They respect him for his career. And, you know, Byron Saxton, you had one job. One job, sir. And you screwed it up. I don't think that thing are wrong. I really feel like Roman is the heel. I don't think the crowd is going to let him be the face. Dan, what are your thoughts on how this thing is playing out? All right. So Triple H is the heel. Um, Roman Reigns is just screwing up his heat, really. And I think Triple H is frustrated. The whole thing with the blood packet, yeah, just do it old school. Have Ric Flair come out there and slide him a no. Plate you or something. can't. You can't blame anymore. They gave us the best thing can give us. I mean, come on. What's blood is blood, whether it's fake or whether it's real. It's he, blood. We're seeing blood. He can't help that everyone. He can't help that every single person in that audience had a camera phone. I mean, and anyway, it it's like they posted it to YouTube. That's not FCC regulated video right there. I mean, so they're not getting in trouble from from a fan's perspective of videotaping it. FCC wouldn't have allowed them to blade, and neither would the commissioner of the sports entertainment or sports or whatever of that place. Blading is out of the question now. And it got across to what I think you need to get across. You need to get across violence. And I think it got that point across. What I don't think it did was get Roman over in the face capacity like they wanted. And I feel like going into WrestleMania, they're going to keep riding this. And you know what? Eventually, they're going to get behind Roman. And they're not. They're just not going to get behind Roman. And I felt like at Fastlane that Dean should have won. I still feel that way. I feel like you kind of done Dean and Triple H and the face heel route there. And you could have did Roman and Brock and kept Brock the face and had Roman heel, and it would have sold more tickets. That's my final opinion on it. 
I'll go to Mark for your final thoughts first. Okay, so after the week that Roman's going to have off, he's apparently getting off for Nashville or whatever, and then he's going to end up in Chicago. So if he beats down Triple H and then does the suck it chance to Triple H, can we can we just say that he's going heel because he's mocking something that everyone loves? So, I mean, that's the only way that they could turn this and make it understandable that for this one feud, Roman would be the heel, Triple H would be the face. That's the only way that this could ever have a happy ending. Brian Cotman, your final thoughts before we go out there. Wholeheartedly agree with Mark. The only way this guy is going to go into WrestleMania and have anybody cheer for him and not boo him is if he goes in as the hill. I don't care if he changes face right after WrestleMania, but you're going to have to be hill. And you're not going to have to just do the suck it chants and gestures to Triple H. You're going to have to turn around and do it to the people that are booing you. You need to go and do the suck it chants to the crowd talk shit to them and then maybe you know you'll get some heat on you and actually have some people cheering for you at wrestlemania so i agree with mark completely and i agree with both of you dan your final thoughts all right my final thought one let's keep it old school blading blading is what's up two we don't want to see a heel roman reigns or a diesel 2.0 three we all want to see Shane McMahon die at WrestleMania on top of that hell in the cell doing that elbow drive to uh, The Undertaker. And that's it. And as always, we all agree and nobody agrees with Dan. So that's pretty much how this show usually goes. We want to thank everybody for listening once again on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM. And you caught us online at wrestlinggoodsradio.blogspot.com. We appreciate you. You can check out all our social media while you're there. Download us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would greatly appreciate a like and a subscribe and a comment. And as always, when you got any questions for the show, head us up on social media or email us at wrestlingnewsradio at gmail.com. For myself, Anthony Hammond, for Brian Compton, for Dan Tanner, and for Mark Pitts, this is Wrestling News Radio, the podcast for the IWC for the IWC, and we'll see you when we see you.